You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. read a book or an article by someone and when you get done reading or as you're reading it you think to yourself oh I would love to meet that person well I was so blessed for many years reading the above rubies magazine that Nancy Campbell put out and then I got to meet her in person not only did I get to meet her in person but I began to see her as I hosted women's retreats year after year after year. And now I can say that she is not only a woman that I look up to through her writing, but she is my friend. And recently I went to go visit her at her home and I took my recording things with me and uh, I set up a little recording area in the corner of her living room. Uh, So what you're going to hear is an interview that I did when I sat down to chat with her. I just want to give you a little heads up that the volume as you listen through this is going to fluctuate a little bit. We were sharing one microphone and and not positioned as well as I would have liked in retrospect. Sorry about that, but I know that this content is just going to be a treasure for you. So here we go. Enjoy. Well, hello, friends. Today, I'm doing a little traveling, and I'm visiting with my friend Nancy Campbell at her house, and I thought this would just be such a good opportunity to visit with her and share some of her wisdom with my listeners. If you don't know Nancy, she is the founder and editress of Above Ruby's magazine, and I'll link that in the show notes. I came into knowledge of what Above Rubies was when my oldest son was just four months old. I got an Above Rubies magazine that someone gave me, and I was so encouraged in my journey of motherhood. And then a little longer after that, probably within that first year, Nancy published a book called The Power of Motherhood, a manual of motherhood. And it was perfect timing and I think maybe written just for me to have Nancy there as a mentor, as a Titus II woman, to hold my hand from a distance thousands of miles away and help train me into being a mom. And so today I've asked her if she would share with me a few thoughts about being a grandmother. So not only a mother, But now I myself and some of you are moving into that stage of life where you're not just a mother, you're a grandmother. And so, Nancy, I don't know if there's anything you'd just like to start introducing your family or any way you'd like to jump in. Hello, ladies. Great to be with you. Yes, so I have graduated from motherhood to grandmotherhood, although... We never, ever really graduate from motherhood, do we? Because being a mother is who we essentially are as women. We will do many things in life. We each have 
different gifts and abilities which we will do for the glory of God. But who we are is a mother. I um, have had some people talk to me about their identity and say, well, we can't find our identity in motherhood. We must find our identity in Christ. Well, uh, that is true and not true. I believe our identity is in Christ. I believe Christ in you, the hope of glory. I mean, I have Christ in me. So yes, that is my identity, but it's also my identity as a mother because God created me to be a mother. So I am a mother with Christ in me. So um, although we find our identity in Christ, we also find it in who he created us to be. And we should embrace that and be that to, to the very extent of all we can in our being. But motherhood has seasons and motherhood grows and motherhood enlarges and motherhood grows into grandmotherhood, which is such a wonderful thing. I can remember, of course, I remember when my first baby was coming and all oh, the awe and the joy of, of that first baby. I mean, every baby is joy, but it's such a new experience, that first baby. And then... My first grandbaby was coming. Oh, I, I, the anticipation was so unbelievably amazing. And, um, you know, you just can't wait for that. Oh, the, it's just so incredible to think about this first grandbaby coming. And that was over 30 years ago for me. My oldest granddaughter, a beautiful girl called Chanel. She's now a mother of a beautiful little girl and uh, she was my first grandbaby but now I have 50 grandchildren five zero I wonder if any of you have that many well maybe you're thinking how on earth do you get to really be a grandmother to that many grandchildren well I guess it's true I'm not maybe like some of the grandmothers who have two or three grandchildren and their whole life is to spoil those grandchildren um, when they first started coming along I had more time with those little grandchildren but it is true um, now I, I am not one of the great spoiling grandmothers because how can I do that with 50 grandchildren and also now 20 great-grandchildren and uh, another four greats on the way, which are going to just keep coming and coming now because we are now into our, not only, I mean, our children have raised their children and their, ch their children are now having their children, a third generation, or well, really, a fourth generation from Colin and I starting off. And, and so, okay, and sometimes I have to think about that. Oh, goodness me, how... I mean, you know, how do you have time to spoil every grandchild, even though you love each one of them? And I don't have time for that. Um, but I realize that, okay, this is all part of God's plan. Although I love to spoil all my wonderful, amazing 50 grandchildren, 
Um, of course, there's not time when there are so many. And, and I think, well, okay, um, but this must be God's plan because he intends us to grow our family tree, doesn't he? And if we are, you know, having the children he wants us to have and then they grow up to have children, well, we're just going to get more grandchildren. And uh, that's just such a wonderful thing. I know so many grandparents who only have so few grandchildren. And really, we should have more grandchildren than we have children because each of our children should have so many children. And so I think, well, it's meant to be. It's like, you know, you think of how when Jesus came to this world and, and uh, some people would think, oh my, well, God should have sent him his son into the world to some rich home and, and where maybe they only had two children so they could each have a bedroom each and each have everything that they ever wanted. But no, God sent his son into a big family. There were at least seven children in Jesus' family. Um, there were um, his brothers and uh, then it says his sisters and um, it says, how many, yes, he had, um, there were four brothers apart from Jesus, five brothers altogether, five of them. And then it says his sisters also. Now, that means at least two, so there would have been at least seven in the family, but there could have been more. There could have been five sisters or maybe seven sisters. And so Jesus grew up in a big family. And uh, I think that is really just what God loves but of course, I do have lots of interaction with my grandchildren because we, well, three of our daughters uh, live all around us. And my daughter Evangeline has 10 children. Serene has 14 children. Uh, five of those are adopted. Pearl has five. So all of these grandchildren have grown up together around us. So I, I see so many of them you know, just many days. Of course, now many of them are growing up and they are still around, but they're moving a little bit further away as they are now getting married and finding their work and having their own children. And so the family just keeps growing. And although I only have 20 plus great greats now, um, yes, great grandchildren, <laughs> um, there'll be many, many more. And so that will be even just more amazing. The fact of the matter is, when you have a lot of grandchildren like you do, they aren't all one-year-olds at the same time. Mm -hmm. They're not all six at the same time. And so where you're needed to make deposits in one of their life lives is a different deposit than it is in a different aged grandchild's life. And so... It's not like you will be overwhelmed because you're babysitting at all moments um, that you you may be holding a great-grandchild and uh, nurturing and babysitting a great-grandchild, but you could also be riding along to go to town with one of your older grandchildren on an adventure. Mm -hmm. So that grandmothering is a huge adventure that takes on all sorts of, I don't know, and it's, it's its life of its own um, and a new phase in life. 
Oh, yes, that's so true because they're all growing up also and now so many of our grandchildren are getting married and it's such a beautiful thing. But one of the lovely things, of course, with all the grands growing up has been, um, and so many living around us, has been having all their functions and their birthday parties and and uh, birthday parties here in our family are usually a family affair. So we have so many birthdays and celebrations around here. When we have a birthday party, it's not for, okay, all the six-year-olds and, and uh, the girls will call up all the six-year-old friends. No, it's just, okay, it's just a few calls to the family. Okay, everybody, we're having a birthday party for so-and-so. And everybody comes, which is so wonderful. The older ones and the younger ones, everybody's joining together. And most of the birthday parties have been at our place because we have the big room downstairs. Although now, that room's even getting a little uh, too small. In fact, one of the beautiful birthday parties we had, which has now become a tradition, was when Breezy was four years old. Serene's daughter, little Breeze. And little Breezy at four years old, she just loved to be a princess. She loved to dress up as a princess. And of course, she dreamed of marrying her prince. And so Serene decided, okay, we'll have a princess party for Breezy. And so it was going to be a family affair. So she called everyone in the family and said, okay, we're having Breezy's ball. And so everyone must come dressed as though you're going to a ball, dress as a princess. Guys, you've got to dress up as a prince or a knight or some gallant kind of man. Well, the whole family went to town. I have never seen such amazing dress-ups in all my life. They love to dress up. And so everyone came, the girls, the little girls, the big girls, the mums, and were all beautifully like princesses. And the guys were all so great. And it was the most beautiful night that now we have made it a tradition. And so every year... We have Breezy's Ball, and Breezy's Ball is coming up in a couple of weeks. And um, it's now, we can't even fit in our great big room downstairs. And um, I think last year we had it at the uh, CMS factory, that's the manufacturing factory for Trim Healthy Mama. Um, this year, we, don't, we, we think we've got to get something even bigger. Um, and I think that um, Sam is building a great big um, gymnasium, which at the moment just has the floor and the roof, has no wall, so we'll have to hope it won't be too cold. We may be having it there this time because everything just keeps growing, you know, in a big family. We just have to find bigger places for all our family. We just keep busting out the walls and busting yes, out the walls. Yes, yes. So what's something that surprised you most about being a grandmother? And I would say, they don't call you grandmother, you're Nana. Yes, Nana. We're Nana and Granddad. And um, my mother was Nana, so um, I just carried on the tradition of Nana. But then when it got to my daughters, who are now also grandmothers, they, of course, didn't want to be so... Uh, traditional, they thought, oh, goodness me, we've got to get out of the, the mold. And so Serene um, 
Now, what is she called? No, actually, she is called Nana. Um, she's Nana, but she's sort of, I'm the big Nana and she's the little Nana. <laughs> but Pearl, her second name is Priscilla, so she's Prissy. So all her grandchildren call her Prissy and Evangeline. Uh, if you, you may not know Evangeline, my daughter, but she is never, um, she never toes to the normal. And uh, so she decided that she's going to be Pippi, like Pippi Longstockings. So she's a very adventurous, fun grandmother, as you can imagine. But anyway, you had a question before I got onto all that. Of what? I, yes, what I was called. I'm called Nana. And um, then what surprised oh, you mo yes, most about being a grandmother? Well, Is it everything you dreamed of? Oh, yes. But I think it's much like when you first become a mother, you cannot believe how can you can love this little baby so much. I think it's the same when you become a grandmother. You know, you just, wow, this child, you just love them. I think that, um, you know, when you first have your first baby, you have so much love for this child that you think, well, how could I have another baby? Because I could never, ever, how could I love another baby? Because all my love is for this baby. Did you ever think like that? No. Well, you didn't. I don't think so. No, I, I did. I know some others who have two. I think. Well, time. I, I imagined how I could um, allocate the time for each one. Mm -hmm. But God seemed to multiply the time. Yes. And of course, when this next baby comes, well, oh, there's all this incredible love for this one too. And it's like that with your grandchildren. It just keeps, you know, every child is another wonderful child from God and a soul that's for eternity. And um, I think that's one of the greatest responsibilities of grandparenting uh, is really more than anything else, is really imparting, you know, godliness to not only your children, but now to this next generation, you know, because God is into the generation, Psalm 78. And here the psalmist Asaph says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And so we see there God's plan of passing on his truth to the next generation and the next generation who will then take it to the next generation. It's very generational. And I think we need to keep this in mind as mothers and as grandmothers that we are not just a mother or now we're just a grandmother. No, we are part, part of a generational ongoing of God's truth and righteousness and justice continuing in the earth and um, 
it's it's all very generational. So many times, and I, I say this so many times with all the moms I talk with on the podcast, we think that mothering is just doing and doing and doing. And a lot of times we need to be brought back to the part that part of mothering is being. It's being with your children. It's being present. And it's it's um, connecting to them, mm-hmm. connecting with them on mm-hmm. a different level and, and training them for the Lord. It's not only the doing things. And when you're um, asked, how can you spoil this many grandchildren? I, I think even reading that scripture is the response in that you're not doing things to spoil your grandchildren. You are imparting the word and you're pouring into them the word of God and a vision for the future and to go into next generations. And that's something that you can do uh, multitasking wise. When you pour into your daughters and your sons, you're pouring into your grandchildren as well. Mm -hmm. And when you sit down and you share your heart or lessons in life, or even display to them and are an example to them of servanthood as you love on your family through preparing meals or having these celebrations and events, that's, you don't have to just take one grandchild out to spoil them. Mm -hmm. You can pour it out upon all of them at the same time. Oh, yes, yes. And um, if we, Friday evening in our home, uh, we love to celebrate Shabbat. Um, We do this because we just love to, the because it's a night of family blessing, and I remember one night asking over a lot of the granddaughters. I had our babies girls here and the granddaughters, and so it was a table filled with girls, and it was the most beautiful night. And I remember just going around each one and, and just asking us to just say, share you know, one of the most beautiful things that had happened to them in their lives. And it was the most very emotional and tender and glorious night. But the next Friday night, okay, I'll ask some of the grandsons over. You couldn't believe the difference in the night. And um, so it was just so great having some of our wonderful grandsons growing up around the table. And uh, so I thought, well, what question will I ask them? So I said to the boys, okay, each one of you, tell us. Now, if you had all the money in the world and, and you could go to whatever country you would like, tell us what country you'd go to and what you would do. Well, it started off, um, one of them said, okay, they would go out hunting in some country where they were going to hunt bears. And then they got onto these terrible bear gory stories that they'd heard. And from one got into the worst. And it was just a night of real guys gory stories. <laughs> you couldn't believe the difference between the girls' night and the, and the, the boys' night, you know. But um, we love to have our grandchildren over. And, and uh, we love to take them out sometimes for dinner too. But actually, they like to take us out. One of our grandsons, Arrow, he's six foot eight, and um, he loves to take us out. And usually he'll get some of the other grandchildren to come, and, you know, three or four of them will come out. And and every time we go out with Arrow, you don't just go out just wearing something ordinary. You have to get really dressed up. So Arrow will come in his suit and his bow tie 
and he will expect Grandad to be in his suit and his bow tie. Uh, Tibby will come, his sister, and she'll be in a beautiful evening gown, and so I will have to dress up to the nines. If they take us out, they like us to just dress up. Well, I remember one night he was said, I'm going to take you out, Nana and Grandad. And, um, and, of course, they come and they like to, Grandad to drive them into the city, you know, in the Range Rover. And um, where were we going? And we ended up, we went to a fish and chip shop. But here we were, everybody was just in, you know, casual clothing. And here we were in all our evening gowns and, and well, suits and bow ties at this fish and chip shop. But Arrow was very happy. He just, you know, he was there to let them know, okay, we know how to dress up. <laughs> but any time we go anywhere, we go out with him, and every now and then, time to go out for dinner again, Nana and Granddad, and we all have to dress up. <laughs> so life as a grandmother continues the adventure of your mothering. Yes, it is, really. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, I, I love, you all know that wonderful scripture, don't you, in First, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, and Paul was writing to uh, Timothy and saying, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. What a wonderful scripture. Oh my, I pray that that will truly be um, what happens in our family. I'm sure you pray that that is what happens in your family, that our children and our grandchildren will see the unfeigned faith in our lives. I think that is the greatest thing that we pass on. I mean, we can buy them things and do things for them and all that kind of stuff, but really, if we're not passing on an unfeigned faith, we, we haven't made it. I mean, that is the most important part. I mean, we can buy them beautiful things, but we don't, are not able to buy all our 50 children great expensive parent presents. I mean, in fact, you know, it's just about too many to buy for them at all. Um, they, but you see, that's not really the thing. These, these are tangible things. They'll get lost. They'll get, they'll, you know, they'll fade. They'll go. They will never carry on. But our faith carries on. Are they seeing our faith? They, and, and they will see us going through maybe difficult times, challenges. What do they see? Do they see an unfeigned faith, an unshakable faith in God? Do they see us as those who truly uh, believe God, who truly love his word, who truly love to pray? Is this the picture they see? And so we're passing on an unfeigned faith to our children and to our grandchildren. We have to keep it going. And it's not easy to keep going. You know that baton can drop along the way. And I think that's the biggest challenge I face, that we keep that faith uh, continuing, continuing, you know, down the generations. Uh, we were blessed on my husband's side to have a great-grandmother who was an intercessor. My husband didn't really know her, but he was alive when she was, he was a little baby when she was in the home. 
and she would sit in the rocking chair in the corner and pray and intercede. She'd pray for people around them. She didn't know who was around because she was kind of blind, but she just prayed just all day. And then she'd go to bed and she'd pray until she went to sleep. But his mother said she always prayed a very particular prayer, and that was for the coming generations. Now, from that great, yes, it was, I think his great-grandmother, and so that would now go down to our great-grandchildren. I can't remember how many that greats that would be for them. But you see, her prayers were going right down, you know, to all those generations. And I think that's a powerful thing that we as grandparents pray for our children, but we pray for our grandchildren and our greats and for the coming generations we haven't yet even seen. Right now, our world has so much instability that when you are a grandparent who prays for your grandchildren, who has relationship with them, who is available to your grandchildren, you're giving them a great gift of being a stable person in their life and being a place where they can go for counsel, for advice, and just simply for prayer. Just as you encourage women to have a heart for mothering and a mother heart, there's some women who have not given birth or have not adopted children and they are not moms themselves, but they have a heart for mothering and they can pour out a mothering love on children oh, yes. that are not their own. The same could be true for being a grandmother. You know, mm -hmm. you may biologically or through your family line have grandchildren, but you may not. And but you can still pour out and mm -hmm. be that stable force and be that older mm -hmm. woman, that mm -hmm. grandmotherly woman to the children in your neighborhood or in your church. Mm. And that's a beautiful thing, too. Oh, absolutely, yes. There is just such a, a need for, you know, all the generations, really, and interacting together. It, it's a very beautiful thing. And, you know, thinking about just passing on to the generations, let me just give you another wonderful scripture that to me is, is just so powerful. It's worth really making part of our lives. It's Isaiah 59. And let's go to it here. Okay, and it says here, as for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, that's your children, nor out of the mouth of your children's children, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. So we see there again how God wants the continuing of his word to go from one generation to the next and the next and the next. And it's quite a big thing to do that. It's not easy to pass on this baton. I notice in this scripture it says that this word is to be in our mouth and the mouth of our children and the mouths of our grandchildren and great-grandchildren and forever, saith the Lord. Um, I guess we can have it in our hearts, but if it doesn't get to our mouths, it's not going to go out to the next generation. 
So we have to be mothers and grandmothers from whom the word of God is coming out of our mouths because we have a responsibility for our grandchildren to get that word from our mouths into their mouths. Because if they don't get it into the mouths and it's not coming out of their mouths, it's not going to go to the next generation. So there are many who, yes, they have the word in their hearts. It's a beautiful thing. But a more powerful thing is having it in our mouth ready to speak it out because that's really the only way it gets to the next generation, isn't it? I think culture sometimes puts this question in our mind. Do you really have authority to say that? Should you really be saying that to your children's children? They're not your own children. Maybe you maybe you should keep to yourself and just let them do it on their own. And I think that some of that culture has prevailed where we have, um, in some regard, orphaned our adult children to raise that next generation on their own rather than coming alongside them and passing that baton like you're saying and saying, you know, I'll be a resource for you. Let me work with you. Let me continue to speak with my mouth. And I think God's word gives us authority to speak into the lives of not only our own children, but future generations. Yes. Of course, there is the, um, when you are grandmothering, you are grandmothering, you're not mothering. Oh, you are mothering, but you are not the mother. And I have found that you cannot interfere with the mothering of your grandchildren. You, you have to allow your children to parent their children. But then again, you still have a responsibility because the Word of God says that we are to teach His Word to our children and our children's children. So we, we have the responsibility to do that, uh, but we also have to watch that we do not interfere with, you know, the way they are parenting. Often they may ask for advice and then we're ready to give it and, and sometimes they are not ready to receive that. So we have to have wisdom. Mm. It, it is a new dimension I have found. You know, it, it is a different dimension. Because they are a new household yes. to respect them yes. as a new household. We have to give them that freedom to they've begun a new household. And of course, the biggest thing we'll do is pray. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I would love to just ask you, Though I come unprepared today, I must tell everybody that when I came to stay with you for a few days, I did not tell you that I'd love to record a podcast with you. And I only came up with this subject, you know, a half an hour before we started recording. And I just thought it would be so good to hear what your perspective is and what you have to say. My season of grandmothering has also changed because it started with all the little ones. And now, really, we, we don't have many little ones. They're mainly older, um, you know, young people or already married and having children. So it's a different stage again. But I was surprised to hear that you are still a babysitter sometimes. You've not outgrown your babysitting years. Well, no, of course, you know, we often have the children here and, and uh, when Serene and 
Sam have to go away. They still have young ones. They're the only ones who have the young ones left. And, and um, so they'll usually all come over here and stay. And that's just so fun to have them. Yes. So though we may retire from a vocation, we do not retire from the work of mothering mm. nor of grandmothering. That's true. Yes. It's just our lives. Yes. So can I be so bold as to ask you to pray for the women? I love yes. to hear when yes. you pray. I love to be part of your prayer time. Mm. Would you just mind praying for the women that are grandmothers or heading into that stage of life? Father, we thank you that you have created us uh, ultimately to be mothers. You have put within us this maternal, nurturing heart. We thank you for the privilege and the blessing. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing of not only children but grandchildren. And, Lord, the joy of watching them grow, grow tall, strong, and also grow in the Lord. We pray, Father, for wisdom, for anointing, and for your enabling to minister into their lives, to bless them, to just pour your uh, life and blessing into them, to pour out your word into their lives. Lord, we pray that you will give us wisdom, Lord, uh, to know what to do. Sometimes we have to stand back. Sometimes we just have to just wait. But Lord, we pray that you will, in every situation, you'll give your wisdom, your anointing, and most of all, you'll fill us, Lord God, with your light and your word. And, and we will be those who will be faithful to pass on our faith, Lord God, to our coming generations. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you have never had the opportunity to meet my friend Nancy or to listen to any of her recordings or in fact I, this would be a great time to say that your podcast is called you've just recently changed the name yes. of it life to the full with Li Nancy Campbell life to the full so if you have not had a chance to meet Nancy or to follow all the things that she's written or listen to her on her podcast you need to go over to aboverubies.org and check her out there. She also has an Instagram, and I believe it's an above and then an underscore rubies. It's underscore above underscore rubies underscore. Oh, three underscores. Crazy, isn't it? So <laughs> you're going to want to go check her out on above rubies on Instagram, on Facebook. You listed off the other day. You're on everything. You're on. Yes, um, well. Because, you know, you don't know how long you can stay on Facebook. I have been in Facebook jail. So I post the same message for those who are on MeWe, USA Life, Gab, um, Twitter, and I think there may be another one. Parlor. Yes, Parlor. Yes, <laughs> if you happen to be on any of those. So if you ever wonder... If God's word says we should be retiring, 
Nancy's life is a testimony that you just keep going. You just keep going. Um, When God puts things on your heart, you just keep pouring out. And so that's it. Thank you for being with us today and for listening to this important message about being a grandmother. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true, Whatever is noble, be all these things.